Grumpy Old Geeks, a weekly talk show hosted by Brian Schulmeister and Jason DeFilippo, discussing the finer points of what went wrong on the internet and who's to blame. Welcome to Grumpy Old Geeks. I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schulmeister. Brian, I'm coming to you today from the offices of the West Valley Podcasting Company. The WVPC? Or just West Valley Podcasting. We're going to go with WVP. <laughs> I did get I got I did get westvalleypodcasting.com and I tried all the other ones but the problem with West Valley if you use that as a uh, as just an acronym at the beginning of WV podcasting most people will think it's probably West Virginia. True. And I know I'm far away from Los Angeles but I'm not that far. So. Might as well be. <laughs> Kinda. Kind of, they are, they are actually, actually you could probably get to West Virginia faster. If you're on that side of the hill, just go to LAX right. and get there faster. Most likely. Yeah. So it's been a fun week, uh, just unboxing, unpacking, I'm posting videos on social. So if you want to see how it's going, everybody can go there. I'm at JP Def on the Twitter and JPD on the Instagram. You picked a really good week to be super busy and not just doom, doom scrolling. I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that side of things. I'm just yeah. kind of, you know off doing my thing. It's amazing how how hobbies and everything else gets put on the back burner when you actually have a business to get going. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like I am so far behind on everything, but it's great. It feels good. It good. feels really good. Well, I'm glad you're chipper. I, I keeping you keeping busy has kept you uh in a good mood. I have just been uh in doom and gloom mode. Um I'm I'm what two hours now into my son's summer break. I'm already losing my mind. Uh, news is unrelentingly <laughs> bleak everywhere. I've gotten bad personal news. Uh, I, I I am ready to pack up and get out of here and have a change of scenery. So excited about that. And then I'll yeah, uh, at some point I'll come see the WVPC. <laughs> Just the WPV. Whatever. <laughs> Just the WPV, not HPV. That, that would be <laughs> yeah. I want to avoid that too. Especially since there's, you know, no health care. I am in the Valley, so you do have to be careful. True. And uh, speaking of you getting out, we are going to be off next week. Yes. So we are we are actually recording right before the holiday, which is kind of silly. Well, it's actually – else took it off, but <laughs> – It's actually the holiday here. It is Canada Day today. Yes, I was going to say it's Canada Day up it there. Is. And I don't know if you saw the podcast news, but Canadians listen to more podcasts per capita than Americans. So get on it up there, man. We need more fans. Come on. It's got to be easy now. You should be able to throw a rock, hit a bear, and have the bear press play on a podcast player somewhere, right? I'll, I'll work on that. I think we okay. should go more for the beaver community. Okay. Beaver or Bieber? I know they're both big. True. Sadly. Not a fan of either. What do you got against beavers? Come on. They never did nothing to nobody except, well, knock out the internet and cell phone service last week. There you go. I found this on uh, – I can't even remember where I found this, but it's really funny. It is called Compound Pejoratives on Reddit from Buttface to Wank Puffin. I have to say, if my son were a bit older, this would occupy him all summer. It, it's going to occupy me all summer because when I saw Wank Puffin, you, you had me at Wank Puffin. Come <laughs> on. Mm -hmm. uh, this is great. It says, I collected lists of around 70 prefixes and 70 suffixes, collectively affixes, that can be flexibly combined to form insulting compounds based on a scan of Wiktionary's English derogatory terms category. The terms covered a wide range of domains, including scatology, political epithets, food, body parts, gendered epithets, and animals. This is awesome. I could just sit here and look at these graphs all week. It is It is. One of the best things I've ever seen. Come on, Wank Puffin. But, wank Puffin is awesome. But waffle. I mean, come on. That might, I'm going to say that to my kid later today, and he's going to laugh for about three hours straight. 
So yep. yep. Butt waffles pretty good. Yep. Butt waffle is pretty good. Speaking of butt waffles, mm-hmm. uh, we've been having some trouble at the house with AT&T, of course, because they're AT&T. Do you not listen to John Oliver? No, I don't because I can't get it because the HBO <laughs> fucking app sucks. <laughs> so but yeah, it just it, the problems are irrelevant. But it, they, we actually had a rep call back to the house because it's this is my roommate's issues, not mine. Thank God I've got my own AT&T issues. So this woman calls back and she sounded like early 20s and she kind of went down everything with with my roommate and it said, this is what's happening. And then my roommate was like, no, that's absolutely not what's happening. This is where they screwed up, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, OK, let me break this down for you. Here's the TLDR. And then went through it point by point. And I'm like, did she just say here's the TLDR? <laughs> yep, she did. And she was awesome. She was awesome. This is somebody who is a... <laughs> You know, a unicorn inside of AT&T. Even even when they were done, my roommate said to her, you should be president of AT&T. And I concur. (laughs) I absolutely concur. We found the one good one. You've got the digital natives starting to come up in in these companies and they know they they know how the stuff works. So I know. I know. It's pretty good. I got the TLDR. You know what acronym they won't know, though? What's that? RTFM. In the news. Well, I came up with this line because I was thinking about it being the 4th of July and uh, Independence Day and all that sort of stuff. The layoffs are coming. The layoffs are coming. (laughs) Where now? Where now? As we have been predicting. uh, Here they come. Tesla reportedly lays off 200 autopilot employees in the latest round of job cuts taking place at that particular company. They are everywhere right now. This one's like a double whammy good story for us because not only are the layoffs that we have been predicting coming – they're in the autopilot division, thus pushing self-driving cars back yet another 20 years. Well, since autopilot doesn't technically exist, do no. those employees technically exist? Not really. No. Well, is, is, is there actually a real layoff here? If we open up the Schrodinger autopilot box, do we see anything? Are they alive or dead, Jason? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So oh, at the man. start of June, uh, Elon told employees in a company-wide email he had a super bad feeling about the economy and that layoffs were coming. He later told Bloomberg he planned to reduce Tesla's salaried workforce by about 10% over the next three months. This admission came after Musk told report remote workers to return to the office or lose their jobs, a good way to make people basically give up their jobs and take them somewhere else, thus meaning he doesn't have to fire them. Uh, yep. Yeah. And then here we are. The layoffs are coming. So uh, they're coming in a lot of places. This is just the funniest story that I found about it. So as far as layoffs could be funny. Yeah, I heard a couple of them today that I was just like, wait, they're laying people off and I forgot to write it down. Yeah. Never forget to write things down. Well, you know, (laughs) just fire up the Twitter machine and you'll see reports of layoffs. Speaking of Twitter, is he still on that? That Twitter jag, I have. I think everybody's sick of it, so I don't see it in the news anymore. He is not. In fact, he has not tweeted in so long that him not tweeting has now made the news, Jason. There are articles everywhere saying that it's been nine days since Elon Musk tweeted, which is an especially long time, particularly for him. Nine days. Wow. That makes the news. Maybe he's over on Truth Social. Maybe. Yeah, since their SPAC fell through, maybe he's going to buy them for cheap. Who knows? Yeah. So... We talked about this a long time ago. Joe Sullivan, he was the former uh, chief security officer over at Uber. Mm -hmm. He's the guy that paid off the hackers after they breached the company and stole a bunch of stuff and got busted for it. Yeah. So he's he's finally going to trial now. And uh, it's interesting because when uh, Daria Khosrowshahri came in, 
and was the new CEO. He didn't even tell him what happened and was just still trying to keep it under the rug. So uh, Dara kicked him to the curb, fired him. Surprisingly, he's been at Cloudflare ever since. Okay. Which is – I'm surprised that they took him in after this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, there was $148 million that uh, Uber paid out for – the uh, the main breach after you know even after this guy got got his paws on it the the hackers were um, they basically pleaded guilty eventually and uh, now he's coming he's he's finally going to have his day in court it took him long enough yeah these things take a long time don't they yeah so he and back then he paid them a hundred thousand dollars in Bitcoin so since then that hundred thousand dollars has probably been worth two hundred million and now it's worth about a hundred dollars so. Right. I wonder where they're where they're going to tag it in that case. If they're just going to keep it at the hundred thousand when uh, when the actual offense took place. But the thing that I, I find interesting about this and what his case is probably going to be around is that the government is really crappy about how they're forcing companies to do uh, breach notifications. Yeah. So I think that's where he's going to hang his hat. That's what the the article is claiming. And that makes the most sense to me because you know this whole this whole thing behind you're not allowed to pay ransomware uh, thieves. Is kind of kind of just ridiculous, you yeah. know. It's like it's up to the company. This is this is commerce. It's their problem, you know. The government, for for their part, they can do whatever the hell they want. They can say, okay, you know, the government will not pay for ransomware, but private individuals with private companies should be able to do what the hell they want. In my book, you'd think that. Well, no comment. Let's just say the gov- <laughs> let's just say the government ain't, ain't, ain't making the right decisions that often. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Airbnb is permanently banning all parties and events at host properties around the world. It announced this follows a temporary 2020 ban it instituted on house parties to comply with COVID-related social distancing restrictions. Uh, this is an interesting choice. I, I'm surprised that they're banning it completely because some houses that are put up on Airbnb are primarily made for parties. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, quite uh, quite a few of them, actually. But uh, I understand why um, nobody wants one of those houses in their neighborhood. But some of these houses, again, like I said, especially like we've stayed at one in Palm Springs, that thing is made for a party. Um, I'm also curious as to how they're going to define party, because what if uh, multiple, multiple times during the pandemic, um, uh, a family that we were, uh, you know, basically partnered up with, we would rent Airbnbs and we would take both of our families there. And technically, that's quite a few people. Now, obviously, it's kids and we were in bed at 10 o'clock at night, so it's hardly a party party. But what's the definition here? Like, you've got to get kind of specific about this sort of stuff. Yeah. When is a party a party? Yeah. I so, don't know. But they're banned. I don't know either. I haven't been to one in four years, so who knows? <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they actually enforce this. But they do – I think they do have hotlines that people can call. Like they do. Like to the neighbors saying, okay. Yeah, they do. If there's a party, call the cops. And it's not like they can stop the party, but they can take – you know, suspend your account or remove you from the platform. So then you just sign on with a different name. Yep. Yeah. Good luck. Whack-a-mole. Yeah, really whack-a-mole. So have you been paying attention to how many uh, launches SpaceX has had this past year so far? Um, uh, Quite a f- – not – directly but we have a mutual friend that posts about every single launch all the time and uh so i see him that way there's quite a few there's a lot yeah yeah there's a lot and there's just going to be more of them as Mm -hmm. these other companies come online and uh maybe somebody else is online that we don't even know about thanks to that rocket into the moon that nobody can quite figure out that's a hell of a story that is a hell of a story where the hell did it come from Mm -hmm. noah is doing a little bit of research right now about 
all this space travel and right. how it's affecting the environment. And it's not good news no. right now. No. And it's, it's going to get worse. Yes. It's going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So right now we're putting in a thousand tons of uh, basically rocket poo into the atmosphere every year. It's soot. It's basically just, you know, soot from the engines themselves. Yep. Well, they're projecting that it's going to be about 10,000 tons not very long from now just because we've got so many launches going. Thank you, Elon, for blocking out the moon and the but sun. But remember, Jason. Starlink. But remember, Jason, it is up to you as an individual in the West Valley to limit your carbon footprint because that oh, it is. fucking matters compared to this. Oh, it does. It does. Yeah. So we're going to see this. Uh, hopefully, uh, you know, they'll come up with cleaner burning rockets, but they've already I, – I don't know how they're going to do that. They've already got them burning pretty clean. Uh, so I don't know how this is going to play out, but – pretty huge leap in technology to do anything yeah, about I, this, yeah. Yeah, I think so because it, it, it's not so much how much is being – put into the atmosphere because i mean you look at how much is you know out there already this is like you know this is nothing but it's where it's being put Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's being put into the upper atmosphere which is bad very bad place to leave shit we had to stop using aquanet because of this i know they ruined the entire goth and punk rock scene exactly to save the save the planet so now we're just doing it for internet access i guess great so keep an eye on that and hopefully they'll you know i'm sure that there will be carbon credits that people have to buy which is you know just another big scam maybe they'll just buy an nft and shoot that into space yeah they'll make a carbon credit nft put it on the rockets yep Okay. And in the wake of some of the decisions made by the Supreme Court uh, recently, Amazon is now limiting sales of Plan B and other emergency contraceptives to three units per customer in the wake of increased demand. So as soon as the uh, overturning of Roe versus Wade happened, a huge spike in sale of Plan B and other generic brands of uh, morning after pills took place. Rite Aid is also capping both online and in-person sales of emergency contraception to three per customer. Walmart has a more generous limit of 10 units. So if you're you know, particularly Randy, head to Walmart. Target limits online sales of Plan B to six orders per customer. Uh, now, you know, this is just, this is kind of a bit of a stupid story. It's all going to go away. This is this is hoarding toilet paper as soon as the pandemic hit. This is uh, crazy. Pretty much. Yeah. I don't even know how long these things last. Probably quite some time anyways. So, you know, I mean, I get it, but it's a bit of a silly story. Yeah. I mean, these are the kind of things you don't want to hang on to for too long because, you know, drugs do tend to lose efficacy over time. And this is kind of one that you want to work. So get at it, people. Use them or lose them. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, Jesus, with all, people are fucking like bunnies out there. So Whatever get to happened get to, to condoms, it. Jason? Condoms were such a staple of our early lives. Oh, they're so gauche now. Yeah, you just like, no. I nope. guess not. Everybody's raw dogging it. I guess so. I guess uh, I guess the, you know STDs and AIDS don't really matter anymore. Nope, they're just not hip anymore. Nope. So passe. Uh, so Facebook is on the abortion pill issue. They're on it like flies on shit because Interesting. you cannot post anything about abortion pills and mail without getting them taken down. Interesting now, how well their systems are working for this. Yeah, isn't yeah, it? Um, there's a, there's another story going around about this kind of something similar, Brian. I, I, I believe you've seen that. Oh, yes. Well, the guns, an interesting thing that I've been seeing on Twitter that people have been doing comparisons between how quickly a post about abortion pills gets taken down versus guns, which do not seem to get taken down. Plus, they had their whole rule about 10 strikes and you're out for guns, but zero strikes and you're out for abortion pills. 
interesting policies. It is interesting policy. And, and you know, the policy is you're not allowed to, uh, you know, pimp or request any kind of pharmaceutical through yeah. the mail. Right. That's, that's, that is in their policy. It's been in their policy. So they are sticking to their policy on this, hmm. um, which honestly I think is a good thing. Okay. Because – it's open to – okay, great. In a perfect world where everybody told the truth and everybody was looking out for everybody else, A, we wouldn't have this fucking problem. But B – We wouldn't have Facebook. You know, we, we wouldn't have Facebook, yeah. So, I mean, how many how many times are people going to get, you know, fake pills, fentanyl pills? You know, people will die because if if this was allowed to stand, people would take them up on it. They would die. It, so what, they're, what are they going to do? They're just going to move to TikTok. Or they're going to move to Snapchat. They're going to do it over there. Yeah. So, but look, I, I think, I, I mean. I agree with you. It's a good thing, but I would like to see some sort of consistency here. That's all. That's all I'm asking. For. I'm sorry, but it's not going to happen. Right. But you know who else wants consistency? The Swedish. Because the Swedish also asked Facebook, hey, do you guys keep a lot of our sensitive information? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, our, on our medications, our illnesses, and uh, oh, dare I say our sex lives? Well, mm-hmm. turns out these uh, these radio hosts or radio reporters, Swedish radio reporters. There's uh, something that rolls off the tongue. They created a fake pharmacy right. and populated it with fake visits mm-hmm. and w- to make their make their data. And they, you know, showed that Facebook does actually keep data when people come and put in different things that they're not supposed to put in. And basically, Facebook is saying, "Hey, uh, that's your responsibility as advertisers, not ours." I'm like, huh? What's up with that? I don't quite get that. It's Facebook being Facebook. I was, we're just a platform is, yeah. is what they're saying. Except for when we decide to monitor things and decide which things can be on our platform and which can't be on our platform. Then we're, yeah. uh, you know, not so much a platform. Okay. Yeah. Here, here's the, the, the long and the short of it is they don't care about yeah. you in Sweden. So they don't really care. And they even asked the the head of head of policy for Sweden, Jan Evelind, uh, Elvind. How uh, how it works? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> Let me ask about that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. It's like I'll get back to you. I'll get back. I don't to know. You. How, it literally says, I can't answer that. I cannot say how it works as I do not know the technology on that level. <laughs> says the head of policy. Okay, maybe maybe I don't know RTFM. Right, I guess, but there isn't an FM anymore. So you know, no. There you go. I saw this one. Uh, I mean, these are dime a dozen stories these days, but this one's particularly funny to me. Axie Infinity is back open for business following a $625 million hack. It's a cryptocurrency pay-to-earn game. Why anybody would be doing this anyways is beyond me. The hack took advantage of flaws in the Ronin network and the Ethereum sidechain that the game's owner, Sky Mavis, propped up to facilitate faster transactions. They've decided to come back, and they will continue to use the Ronin network, even though that was the base of all their problems. And this is why people suck. So (laughs) anyways, they began reimbursing victims of the hack, but they didn't account for Ethereum's drop in value over the past three months, (laughs) which means that users would only recover about a third of their losses in all. They're returning 216.5 million in funds to users after a $625 million hack. So buyer beware, I suppose. Yep. Yeah, it's going great. Yep, to the Go, moon. Everything's going great. Oh, that's what those rockets were that crashed into the moon. Exactly. 
A bunch of bored apes that finally got off the ground. There's just a Bitcoin sign on it. Uh, and this, is, this is another old story, but uh, I, I love this. Gene Lavoff used to work at Apple. He was the former senior director of corporate law and corporate secrecy. I wonder if he had advanced information of certain things. I do believe he did. Huh. I do believe he did, Brian. I wonder if he followed the law about not using that information for personal gain. Turns out he didn't, Brian. Oh. Turns out he didn't. Hmm. Yes, he finally he's finally copped to it. So that is the that's the the news now. Oh God! So he uh, he made uh, two hundred twenty seven thousand dollars in profit and avoided paying three hundred seventy seven thousand dollars in losses by misappropriating non public information about Apple's financial information. Not bad, but uh, I would argue that that amount of money drop in the bucket to the stuff going on with NFTs and cryptocurrency scams. Oh, definitely, definitely. But you know, this guy was. Yeah. Okay, here's the deal. This guy was the senior director of corporate law and corporate secrecy. That comes with a pretty substantial paycheck, I'm guessing. Yeah. It is Apple, right? Yeah, yeah it's Apple. You think? I'm sure he's making – he was making wonderful amounts of money that he could have just yeah. invested himself regularly and would have been completely fine. Yeah. No, I mean – and these are trades from uh, 2011 to 2016. F over five years, he made this money. This seems kind of like a drop in the bucket compared to what he was probably making. So this is just greedy. This yeah. is a greedy fuck. It's greedy. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. On this show, we often discuss the vast amount of personal info floating around out there. We're talking home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. If you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're definitely not alone. That's why I need to tell you about Delete Me. It's been a game changer for me in protecting my personal information. As someone who's been bombarded with spam calls and phishing attempts, discovering Delete Me was like finding a magic shield. Here's a really frustrating fact. The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. With rising political tensions, your political views could expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence. Angry people fueled by their beliefs can access your data from data brokers that cover 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment, identity theft, or worse. But there's good news. Delete Me works tirelessly to safeguard your data. They scour the internet, finding and removing your personal information from some of the largest data brokers in the world. And they don't just do it once. They continuously monitor to ensure your info stays private. I signed up and provided details on what I wanted removed, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me updated with regular reports, showing me where my information was popping up and confirming when it was deleted. Seeing their commitment to protecting my privacy has truly been a relief. Now, here's something special for all of you. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and use promo code GOG at checkout. The only way to get that 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash GOG and enter code GOG at checkout. That's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot -E -E com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. This episode is sponsored by Mood. 420 celebrations come in all shapes and sizes, just like the many ways to enjoy your THC. 
Mood offers just the right buzz with their federally legal flower. Gummies, vapes, and more, helping you find the perfect high. Mood is offering our listeners a free THCA pre-roll and 20% off your first order. Just head over to hellomood.com and use our exclusive code GOG. Mood's latest introduction, the THCA flower, is a game changer, offering the classic cannabis high with a twist. With 10 high-inducing strains, it's their most potent lineup yet. What's even better is that all Mood products are extracted from hemp, making them federally legal, and are regularly tested to ensure the highest quality. Sourced from small family farms, you're getting a product that's effective and pesticide-free. I tried several of their products from the uplifting Energized to the Mellow Chill, and I must say, each provided a unique, enjoyable high. My favorite? Definitely the creative strain. It sparked an incredible flow of ideas and got me through my daily projects with ease. Whether you're new to THC or a seasoned aficionado, Mood has something for every vibe. Their in-house experts have tailored different strains to match specific moods, offering a range of products to suit any preference. From delectable gummies to classic flour and convenient pre-rolls, there's a multitude of ways to enjoy Mood's offerings. Celebrate 420 exactly how you want to with Mood. Get 20% off your first order plus a free THCA pre-roll at hellomood.com with promo code GOG. That's hellomood.com. Code GOG. Media Candy. Alex wrote in saying, Sorry to hear about your HBO Max app woes, but one thing I commend them for is keeping the continue watching list consistent right at the top below their featured stuff, unlike Netflix and Hulu, which always seem to keep pushing it down further. I would agree with that, except. I tend to get more than your average amount of lost connections with HBO Max, probably because I have to use a VPN to get into it, but I don't have that issue with Paramount Plus or any other streaming networks I connect to. And the continue watching list never, ever, ever remembers where I was in a show if a connection is lost. Ever. It's so yep, frustrating. It is frustrating. It's, it's, their app is terrible. Their app I'm is telling terrible. You. It is. It is just terrible. I, I started j- just using the browser app, right. you know, just watching it on my laptop because it works. You're At least so that millennial. Works. I know. I know. I am. I am. I am joining the woke generation. So I saw an article about Roadrunner, mm-hmm. the Anthony Bourdain documentary. Yes. Because it, it is also now finally on HBO Max. Yes. It's interesting because uh, the, the filmmaker Morgan Neville says, I made the film to get people to start to see him as a person again. His suicide really kind of messed a bunch of people up, mm-hmm. most of my friends and myself included, mm-hmm. <laughs> because it was so out of the blue. I tried to watch it and I can't. I just, I, I, I'm not interested. I don't know why I'm like 40 minutes into it. And I just that was after three attempts, two attempts, of course, being because HBO Max sucked and kept booting me out. But I finally got to 40 minutes in and I just I've discovered that I just don't give a shit. I finished it. What did you think? Was it is it worth it? Or is it just I don't know. I I have a hard time with this one. It was it was it was a difficult watch. Um, I, I was really sad at the end, which, you know, given everything else going on in my life right now, I didn't need at all um i i personally would probably i would tell you wait a few more years get a few more dis uh get a little more distance before you watch it uh it's good uh it was wonderful seeing him again a lot of footage a lot of behind the scene footage 
Um, you really realize why you miss him so much, at least at the beginning. Uh, the end mm-hmm. gets the the last you know last half hour is you, you kind of understand where he was not in a good place at all. Uh, he was taking it out on people. You see, you see him basically losing the plot. Really, um, it's sad. It was really sad. But uh, goddamn, I miss him. Yeah, I think I'm just going to stick to reruns. Yeah, I'm just going to watch reruns of this show because I don't, I don't really care anymore about yeah. the behind the scenes stuff. You know, I liked what he produced. I don't need to really dive into the the man behind the scene. The one thing I did particularly enjoy was uh, so many of the people that worked with him for so long talking about him, uh, about the good parts, not the bad, mm-hmm. as they got to the yeah. later bits. But uh, you know, so if you watch the first forty minutes, I think you're walking away at a good point. Yeah, that's what it feels like, yeah. you know, because he's he's on the rise. He's getting ready to start uh, getting into TV. And I'm like, you know what? I got enough. I got enough. Yeah. Good time to stop. Yeah. Uh, speaking of good times to stop, Westworld season four is out, at least episode one. Uh, I watched it. I don't know if you did, Jason. Nah. Hmm. What do you think? Hard to tell from a first episode because I don't really know where they're going to go with any of this, but it just all feels like diminishing returns and the 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 interest of the show i felt was entirely the first season and since then it's just been getting worse and worse and less and less smart and less and less interesting and i don't care i just i watched the whole first episode and i just don't care okay that's yeah. see i don't i i didn't care so i could i skipped the first episode <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. I think the first season was the best. Yeah, that's what it was all down. about. It was about like what's going on and 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 all that. And now that they're out in the real world, and I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. and it's a whole new team now, so yeah. I just I'm not going to invest in it. I, I'm invested in enough stuff already, right? Uh, which I the Orville is something I'm definitely invested in, and it turns out that there is a. Um, an episode that they decided not to air and they turned it into a novella that is going to be released soon. So hat tip to uh, Proudly Resents on Twitter for sending this our way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I am loving this series so far. I've watched the first four episodes. I started number five last night, but here's the thing about the Orville. They're long. They're like they're like Stranger Things long, an hour and 15 minutes long, which isn't very long when you think about it, but that it's extra long. half hour from a normal TV episode is like watching almost two episodes back to back and ain't nobody got time for that. You know, I, so I have to break them, break them into parts, but I really, really do love the season of the Orville. It is hard to watch that though, because I watch stranger or not strange things, uh, strange new worlds first. Then I watch the Orville and I'm like, Oh, brain hurt, brain hurt, confused, confused. <laughs> Cause they've got, they've got some, uh, aliens, uh, the krill, on the Orville remind me a lot of the Dominion in uh, DS9. Right. So it's really kind of hard, really kind of hard. But I don't know. Hey, was uh, Strange New Worlds, was that the finale this week? I don't, it certainly felt like it. I, I, I was going to yeah. look it up and see. I hope it's not because that's uh, that was what, only the seventh or eighth nine. episode? A nine? It was okay. nine. Which is an odd number to stop, literally an odd yeah, number, but I, it's I, also a strange number to stop at. I think there's more, but it, it certainly did feel like it could have been a season uh, a season ender. So I hope not, because I love yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we, yeah, I mean, we said goodbye to two cast members mm-hmm. this time. So yeah. that was, that's why it felt very, very much like the end. Uh, but damn, that was a good episode. It was. I gotta and say. By the way, I have a new, like, major celebrity crush, uh, Nurse Chapel. 
I oh, oh my, my god, god. <laughs> I love her. I mean that, but I mean I loved her from the instant she set foot on screen. But that's not hard. Yeah, uh, she's pretty awesome. Um, oh, and by the way, I, I got to say the Gorn. I think they kind of they kind of screwed the pooch on the Gorn. Really reminded me of Reptile from the first Mortal Kombat movie. Yeah, was, I, I'm not so sure about the retcon on the Gorn. Couldn't they have just made another creature? But yeah, you know. yeah. I mean, it was interesting, it's but fine. <laughs> it's fine. Everything's fine. Uh, well, I was watching uh, watching that. I saw, or I, I just for some reason this clicked in my head. I'm like, what happened to the Nevers? I mean, we all know Joss Whedon got canceled and got booted off the show, mm-hmm. but is it ever coming back? And turns out it might be. Okay. I found a couple different articles because it, it, there's an SEO trap that people do with yes. any show that is waiting for a, you know, waiting for a renewal or yes. uh, an announcement. There's a million articles that just say release date on it. Season X release date. Yes. Never has the fucking release date, by nope. the way. Never. Never. It's all just SEO crap. This one doesn't either, but it's closer. Uh, they're saying that it's supposed to be uh, sometime in 2022. They are they they went back to film, so I guess it is going to happen. It had great ratings. I love the show, so fingers crossed it'll be back soon. But this will be back soon, and this really makes me happy. Cinerama Dome is coming back along with the ArcLight. Yay! Only the Hollywood ArcLight. Yay! That's fine. Which is good because that's the only one that counts. Yes. That is the only one account. So they got rid of basically all of the other Pacific theaters and ArcLight locations, but they did keep the 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 crowning jewel, and they're going to end up calling it Cinerama Hollywood now as okay. the as the entire complex. Uh, but they got a liquor license for two bars and a restaurant. So, dude, I have seen so many movies there. I'm excited. I am too. I really want that to come back. I will go over the hill if they bring it back. <laughs> So, and now that I'm clear from COVID, I am definitely going to get off my ass and I'm going to go see Maverick this week. <laughs> now that I can go to the, th- I got two months of crazy time. So I'm go- what am I going to do? Some people go to Cabo. I'm going to the movies. Ups and doodads. Since I'm getting ready to travel and I'm trying to reduce the amount of things I'm carrying with me and one can always use charging cables. I placed an order sent to uh, my mom's house that I will pick up when I get there of, uh, my favorite charging cables of all, my multi-USB fast charging cable, Arspirid 4 and 3A charger cord connector with dual phone slash type C slash micro USB universal port adapter, compatible with cell phone, tablets, and more, four foot, two pack. I love these cables. Oh, this, I use them everywhere. This looks like a great cable, except that it's USB-A on the... I guess that's probably good because you can plug it into anything. Exactly. This thing plugs in anywhere. I can use it for everything. It is amazing. I have I have three of them in the house here. I will have two sitting around my mom's house. It's just fantastic, particularly since so much of my kid's stuff doesn't use, you know, uses weird-ass connectors that nothing else uses, like micro USB. So it's amazing yeah. having all this stuff around. Oh, I am. I'm. I'm. I'm adding two of these to the computer right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should probably have these just hanging around your office. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I've got. I've. I have a complimentary charging station set up, so this will actually make it much easier. Yep. Because this does have everything. It's got on everything. It. It's got everything. You, oh. will, you will never not have a connection. The great thing is, I use this. Uh, I use one of these. Pro tip: I use one of these for my Apple Dock that does my phone 
and does my watch and does my uh, AirPods. And then because it's got the extra uh, Apple ch charger, iPad charges right there too. It's amazing. Oh, this is great. Yeah, these this cables are great. awesome. That was okay. Ordered. <laughs> ordered yes okay what's next what else can i buy well snapchat has a new product jason snapchat plus fuck <laughs> no it's a new four dollar per month yeah. subscription for passionate users now the, that doesn't wait, mean what? it's an, that doesn't mean you get adult that doesn't mean you get boobies different kind of passion what? jason different kind of passion people that really love snapchat it offers exclusive experimental and pre-release features let me break down that press release for you. You can pay to be a beta tester. At least Twitter blue, I get an undo. Yeah. Come you don't, on. You don't get that. Well, maybe. Could uh, be a beta test. Who knows? Could be. You don't know what you're going to get, but you're giving them four <laughs> bucks. <laughs> Ripped off is what you're going to get. That is I'm exactly guessing. it. Uh, you were talking about NOAA earlier, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. They may have uh, some more use uh, or may be able to detect all those rocket launches a bit better now because they've announced Tuesday that they have effectively tripled their supercomputing and therefore weather modeling capacity with the addition of two high-performance computing systems built by General Dynamics. This is a $505 million contract. Uh, each HPC operates at 12.1 petaflops or a quadrillion calculations per second with 26 petabytes of storage. Sounds like my next Mac. Okay, $505 million for this this project, right? Yes. For these two supercomputers. Yes. That's less than the hack that we just talked about for <laughs> I know. The Bitcoin shit. I know. That brings into focus how stupid money we're talking about in this crypto nft space yeah it's this insane like, right yeah 505 million dollars could actually get you something yeah it gets you two supercomputers good so what these actually mean for the average american uh they explain is they are currently developing models that will be able to provide additional lead time in the outbreak of severe weather events more accurately track the intensity forecast for hurricanes both in the ocean that are expected to hit landfall and we want to have longer lead times before they do useful particularly given climate change. What do we get for our fucking 600 gazillion dollars in cryptocurrency? A goddamn monkey JPEG. People doing real shit makes me happy. I it like does, seeing right? this. That's good. I ordered a new webcam. I know. It's weird. It's 1990. I know. I know. Well, here's the here's the thing. I have this um uh this uh, Mac Studio mm -hmm. here on my desk which does not have a camera. Right. I've got a Logitech plugged into it right now so if I have to do, you know, just quick webcam stuff, I can, but Logitech webcams are garbage. I'm sorry. Everybody has them. They're fucking garbage. Even the Brio is garbage. And they're not cheap. You know, I think what that Brio that you have that I originally bought was like $200. Yep. Right. It's supposed to be quote unquote 4K, my aching ass. <laughs> it is, it is just, it looks like shit. So this is the Opal C1. And I found out about this because uh, Casey Neistat got one like when they first came out. They've been locked down. They're really hard to get. And so I signed up for the list. Jesus. December In December. So six months ago, I signed up for the list. Yesterday, I finally got my order code. Thank God. Um, so they're 300 bucks uh, plus tax and shipping. So I paid 338.24 for it. And you're like, wow, that's an expensive webcam. Well, here's why. It's got a 4K Sony sensor. It's actually made of aluminum, which is nice. Uh, it's tiny, but it has a ton of speakers and it does a bunch of AI shit with your voice to make it actually sound decent. You can do gestures, which is really cool. 
you can do uh, like pinch and zoom mm-hmm. gestures in the ca- the camera will see it and zoom in or zoom out for you, which is cool. If you give it the peace sign, it'll sign off. Neat, right? Neat. I just want a good looking, good sounding webcam. And I think this is going to fit the bill. Okay. So next week, I'll be able to – no, two weeks, we'll have a test. Hey, by that point, you might even be here. You can check it out. Um, but I have to say, this is all a run-in since I don't have it yet. But this is a run-in to say, I love Shop Pay. The Have you used it much up there in Canada? What is Shop Might not be a thing. It's Shopify's uh, basically shopping system, like oh, their payment yes. system. I, I do use that. Uh, all the breweries that do delivery around here are built in, built in with that, and it's fantastic. Yeah, you just put in the. It just texts you a code. You put in the code. Boom, everything's done. Yep, it's it's awesome. And I, and I got the app, and the app sends me alerts, and it tells me when shipping is actually shipped. You know, because my Opal had shipped yesterday. No, it didn't. It shipped today. You know, we've talked about this ad nauseum. Uh, they actually did ship it properly. I did get tracking and actual tracking from the the uh, the shipping vendor, not the you know your item is shipped and it's going to sit in our warehouse for six months. Right. Shipped. So, but man, shop pay is awesome. It is so convenient. And that alone, just the convenience of that makes me not care that it's not coming in next day or whatever. You know, it's, it's kind of like it, it's Amazon for patient people. Right. It's, but I will say just, you know, I, it's, it's hella good. There's no doubt about that, but Shopify really screws the merchants. How so? They're just expensive. They're crazy expensive. But they do a lot for you. So yeah, it's true. You know. It's all about what you pay right? for. Nothing's free. One quick question about the Opal C1. Uh, to circle back to that. Yes. Uh, is it? Are the gestures modifiable? Are they built in? Because I know I you don't know. You don't do a lot of peace signs. I think you need to be able to change it so you flip off the camera and it turns off the video. But then, uh, then half of my calls would get turned off in the middle. Probably for I'm the best. Flipping off the person. Probably the for the line. best. <laughs> if it could run on a delay, so it could preemptively know that my middle finger was coming up and just caught it out of frame. It needs it needs perfect. biometric sensors and it can tell your stress levels. That's what it needs. This episode is brought to you by Delete Me. Today, I want to share something personal and honestly a bit alarming. Now, on this show, we talk a lot about how much of our personal info is out there. We're talking about home addresses, contact details, and even information about your family. And if you've ever felt that uneasy feeling about your privacy, you're not alone. That's why I want to tell you about Delete Me. It's a game changer for protecting your personal information. As someone who's been through the ringer with spam calls and phishing attempts, finding Delete Me felt like a breath of fresh air. Could your potential views expose you to cybercrimes, identity theft, or even violence in this election year? The amount of personal data available online has tripled from 2019 to 2023. Angry individuals motivated by their political beliefs can now easily access personal details from data brokers for 98% of U.S. citizens, putting you at risk of harassment and identity theft. Fortunately, you can safeguard your data with Delete Me. Delete Me scours the internet, finding and removing you and your family's personal data from hundreds of data broker websites. And they don't just do it once, they monitor your information to ensure that it stays private. I signed up and provided the specifics on what I wanted to go, and the team at Delete Me took it from there. They keep me in the loop with regular updates, showing exactly where my info was popping up and confirming when it was removed. 
Seeing how dedicated they are to protecting my privacy is a relief. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now available at a special discount for our listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan today when you go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and use promo code G-O-G at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash G-O-G and enter code G-O-G at checkout. One more time, that's J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash G-O-G with code G-O-G at checkout. Today's episode is sponsored by Private Internet Access, America's number one virtual private network, also known as a VPN. Even if you use incognito mode, your internet service provider is storing your browsing data and many times even selling it. But Private Internet Access, or PIA, can help. PIA encrypts and reroutes your internet traffic through one of its own servers, hiding your data from your internet service provider or network admin. And with servers in over 75 countries, you can get unrestricted access to geoblock content around the world. PIA comes with an easy-to-use app and browser extensions for all devices, a rock-solid privacy policy, open-source security, advanced customization settings, and it was just ranked the fastest VPN in the world by PCMag. If you sign up with PIA right now, you can take advantage of a special deal only for GOG listeners. By using our link, gog.show slash VPN, you can get complete digital privacy for less than $2 a month and four extra months for free, which means only $1.98 a month and up to 83% off. That's so much more inexpensive than virtually every other VPN on the market. And if you get it right now, you can take PIA's 30-day risk-free challenge. You can try it out for 30 days and see if you like it. If not, just return it for a full refund. So go to GOG.show slash VPN and try out the best VPN on the planet completely risk-free. That's GOG.show slash VPN. Are you hungry? I am. Which means it's a perfect time to talk about Factor. Why not make your spring a breeze with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals? Picture this. Every meal is fresh, never frozen, crafted by top chefs, and has the dietitian's thumbs up. Plus, they're ready to roll in just two minutes. You've got 35 mouth-watering options to choose from each week. Whether you're into calorie-smart keto, ramping up your protein, or keeping it green with vegan and veggie, Factors got you covered. And there's more. Each week brings over 60 extras, including breakfast, grab-and-go lunches, snacks, and drinks to keep your energy up and your taste buds happy all day. So, what's the holdup? Dive in today and give your spring the tasty kickstart it deserves. As someone who's lived off microwave meals for most of his life, I can confidently say that Factor's chef-crafted dishes blow anything else I've had out of the water. The chicken stays juicy, the veggies are crisp, and the flavors are absolutely delicious. I'm talking about meals like their artichoke and spinach chicken and the spicy poblano beef bowl out of this world. Are you craving a touch of gourmet? Well, check out the meals featuring luxury ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. It's fancy dining without the fuss. And speaking of no fuss, the meals are a total breeze. Forget about prepping, cooking, and cleaning. Just heat up your meal and enjoy the deliciousness. Plus, everything's tailored to fit your life. Customize your weekly meal plan to get exactly what you need whenever you need it. Need to pause or shift your deliveries? No problem. It's all designed to work around your schedule. Factor is your solution for fast, premium meals without the need for cooking. And Factor is celebrating Earth Day all month long. 
Look out for the Earth Month Eats badge on the menu for the lowest carbon footprint meals. Head to Factormeals.com slash Grumpy50 and use code Grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code Grumpy50 at Factormeals.com slash Grumpy50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. At the library. I got a quick follow-up here on Peter Danielson's The Year Under the Machine that I talked about. And uh, Peter had sent me my physical books. They are gorgeous. And what is cool is he actually got a photo print of the piece of artwork that I tried to buy Mm -hmm. and was denied because somebody got to it first. And he sent the – and he sent me the high-res scan of it. (laughs) He's like, here. Because he thought – you know, he thought I was serious when I was joking about taking it off the website. Right. Because you know, we were joking about NFTs. So he sent me the actual like a five meg tiff of it. Nice. So I'm like, that is that is classy. That is classy. So go buy his books. The link will be in the show notes. The book is awesome. And the physical version is just gorgeous. It's small and gorgeous. So love this book. Security? Ha! We are back again this week with Dave Bittner. Dave is the host of the CyberWire podcast, co-host of the social engineering podcast, Hacking Humans with Joe Kerrigan, and the co-host of Caveat with Ben Yellen, where they discuss law and policy and surveillance and privacy, and the new Control Loop, where they discuss industrial stuff and gadgets and things like that. (laughs) Yes. I forgot your acronyms. I forgot to write them down. Good to be back. Yes. ICS, Industrial Control Systems. Such as the Supreme Court. Yeah. (laughs) Boom! <laughs> all the stuff that keeps <laughs> yes, all the stuff that keeps uh, civilization running, as they say. Mm-hmm. So. Ah, well, I've got a target for you here. It's Disney because Barrett writes in saying, "Well, that's not good." And the new uh, Star Wars: Rise of the Resistance ride. Apparently, some of their industrial control systems could use some uh, use some fixing because mm-hmm. it seems to break down quite often. I've heard that. Well, I've let heard me that. let me interject as as somebody that basically lived at Disneyland for uh, many many years, um, from probably ten <laughs> till about sixteen or seventeen. Uh, rides break down all the time, and the more complicated the rides get, and the more that they rely on computers and automation, the more they break down. So this is not terribly surprising. Okay. Yeah. Seems excessive, though. Yeah. I will say, um, you know, I recently found myself with some work travel with a day to kill in Orlando. And uh, rather than going to Disney World, mm-hmm. uh, me and my coworker went to Universal. Yeah. Because uh, it was easier to go to Universal. I didn't have to reserve a day ahead of time. And I was afraid of this very thing happening. Like I, I have not been to the Star Wars land at either of the Disney parks, <laughs> which is I. insane, right? It's insane. Yeah. I am a frequent Disney attendee. My family loves going to Disney World, but the combination of COVID and everything else, we have not been there in a while. And it kind of breaks my heart that uh, it, there seems like Disney is making it you got to really want yeah. it. Like they're making it really hard to go to Disney it's World. Demand, it's demand, though. It's hardly Disney's fault. Like what are they going to do? Like they're already letting in so yeah. many people that you're waiting hours for the peak rides. Like there's just so much demand. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, right. I have not been to Star Wars land. I lived. My mom lives five minutes away from Disneyland. Five minutes. I can right. walk there. 
<laughs> and I have not right. gone due right. to the combination of COVID and then just the demand and too many people. Like we've gone to Legoland. We've been to other parks with with the kid. The kid has not been to Disneyland mm-hmm. yet. We're hoping to rectify that over Christmas break. But again, it's like we've we basically have to decide now and sign up for a day, which is insane. So what do you think of the idea? I've seen some people float and they say that Disney needs to build another park in middle America, like stick one in Texas somewhere to take take some of the load off of particularly Florida. Oh, I 100 percent agree. But it's just such a massive like even if they started now, it would be done in what, 10, 15 yeah. years? <laughs> it's just yeah, I, I've I watched know, right? those. You Disneyland should watch those, was built in a year, Brian. You should watch those documentaries. <laughs> Disneyland was built in a year. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Start to finish a year, a year. I know, but oh, the Disney World was not, and Disney the... Paris was not. Uh, there's great no. documentaries on Disney Plus about all those parks being built. I, I they're fascinating. Yeah. So. But yeah, I, I think yeah. we need. Obviously, there is more. There is enough demand to have another park. I, I get why you know when you're coming off something like COVID and pandemics, and then you hear about monkeypox, and you know if you put all this investment into a park that sits empty for two years, you're like a little gun shy, I suppose. But uh, the demand is definitely there for Disney. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. They should sell NFTs. No, true. Yeah, I think they do. That'll that'll do it. That'll that'll keep the coffers full while while, while we have downturns. <laughs> Come on, little baby Yoda uh, NFT to the moon. Yeah, to the moon. Yeah, there's just there's no off season anymore. No. You know, you can't. We used to be able to plan trips around off season and and not fight crowds, but I don't think that exists anymore. No, there's no such thing. Definitely. Uh, let's move on to some news, I suppose. Uh, the FCC commissioner, well, one of them, is urging Google and Apple to ban TikTok. TikTok is not just another video app. That's the sheep's clothing. That's what Brendan Carr wrote in his tweet, along with a copy of the letter he sent to Apple and Google asking the companies to remove the TikTok from their app stores. So this is, this is all the same stuff. This is uh, China's getting all your data, which, you know, they are. And uh, even the move to Oracle cloud infrastructure is probably not going to stop China from getting a lot of data, which they are. But nobody seems to be all that concerned about it anymore. Carr was the letter's lone signee. It doesn't look like any other FCC commissioners are involved. So uh, thoughts? Hmm. Should should we be more concerned about TikTok? No. What data are they getting? People dancing? Location, probably. I guess location. But... Mm-hmm. We've, we found that out with Strava. Mm-hmm. You know, you could yeah. you could have the most benign little app that sends back the the worst data that you can glean things from. But uh, yeah, I I personally just don't care. It's TikTok. I don't care. But you know, well, I think just... I'm I'm probably in the wrong. Dave set me straight. Well, no, I I don't think you're in the wrong. I think sadly, any of the information they're getting from TikTok, there's probably half a dozen alternative ways that they could get the same information if they wanted to. So <laughs> TikTok may just be convenient for them yeah. to to own, you know, own the whole thing. Um, the other thought that crossed my mind when I saw this story come by was where does it put Apple where, you know, Apple had all their stuff's made in China. So you know, is, is Apple in more of a sticky situation than say Google would be? where Apple is really reliant on the manufacturing base of China. Yeah, they have to be much more political. Yeah, Apple has a Kobayashi Maru, for sure. Yeah. I think, uh, I yeah, yeah I just, this keeps coming up, and it, the fact that there was only one signatory on it kind of says, you know, what it really is. This is probably somebody who didn't read the original news from a couple of years ago. <laughs> it is finally getting caught up, and they're like, oh my God, this guy's falling, this guy's falling. Uh, no, it's not. 
No, it's not. I think I think mm. TikTok at this point knows that I like Jeeps and boobs. That's about it. Well, I actually <laughs> I actually think the the actual response is is the sky is falling. It's just nobody gives a shit. Well, the problem is we're all looking down at our phones, so we don't see that the sky is falling down towards mm-hmm. us. True. True. Uh, speaking of TikTok, though, uh, apparently they're having a problem with people doxing the Supreme Court justices on their platform. They're playing whack-a-mole with that. Yet no tears shed over here. <laughs> no tears shed. So, yeah. At least TikTok yeah. can be used for good, it turns out. Mm-hmm. Well, and then getting back to the whole data thing, uh, there's been a lot of talk recently, just in the last couple of days, about uh, things like privacy uh, tr- or privacy. Uh, period tracking apps well relating to privacy uh because uh, since the mm. supreme court's decision overturning roe versus weed uh wade weed <laughs> don't take away don't the take weed away. now no <laughs> no uh, we have to have something left influencers activists and privacy advocates have urged users to delete their period tracking apps from their devices and remove the information from associated services which is trickier than one would assume because not every service has a way to get your data uh, get your data and make sure they delete it and as we often know deleted means set visibility to zero Uh, Abortion is now outlawed in several states and data from such apps could be used in criminal investigations against abortion seekers in a missed period or even simply an unlogged one could be used as evidence of a crime. So the this article goes on to basically say, uh, yes, but hold my beer, period tracking apps. All your apps are doing this. (laughs) So there's a bigger problem here. And this is really highlighting the need that we actually really do need some privacy laws and some legislation going on here about what kind of uh, data apps collect, who gets to buy that data, who gets to access that data. We need to solve this problem and we need to solve it now. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen stories that are trying to, I suppose, make lemonade out of lemons and say, well, what if the Supreme Court decision uh, is the thing that kicks people into gear for some privacy things. I mean, to me, that's sort of cold comfort. Yeah. But um, I think if we start seeing states go after people for things like crossing state lines uh, to go get abortions or or healthcare or whatever it is that they, they think or using some of this data, um, as we've talked about here many, many times, I think when it happens to – uh, enough uh, Powerful folk. people in Congress yeah. where they're right, where it's their wives, daughters, sisters, uh, whoever, uh, mistresses, absolutely, who fall into this trap that they've created for themselves, uh, just like we did with um, uh, video rental histories mm-hmm. back in the day. They will quickly patch that hole, um, but um, so to speak. But I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting times. I, I would. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's crazy. I I don't. Yeah, it is. I'm turning into Kara Swisher now. We'll see. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. Know. We'll what see. What do you think? What do you think? <laughs> well, I got a fun one this week. Uh, I got an email from OpenSea. You are receiving this email because an employee of our email vendor, Customer.io, misused their access to Customer IO systems to download and share email addresses with an unauthorized third party. <laughs> Impacted email addresses include those provided by OpenSea users and subscribers to our newsletter. At this time, we believe that your email address may have been part of the Customer.io data data incident. Mm-hmm. Please be extra cautious, blah, blah, blah. And turns out, yes, they were, uh, they weren't hacked. They were basically, uh, somebody just kind of took yeah. away the goods. 
There's um, a whole bunch of emails. I can sell these. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. 1.8 million users, mm-hmm. as a matter of fact. Uh, so I haven't even made a purchase through uh, OpenSea, but I my email address yeah. is there because I've checked them out. You know, I have oh, an account. I was going to ask what, uh, what. Yeah. So, OK. What prompted you to create an account here? I was doing research for the show. Were and we then gonna, at one point. We were going to sell a GOG one for shits yeah. and giggles. <laughs> yeah, we were gonna we were gonna do uh, GOG number one, except uh, uh, was it the Tech Meme Ride Home beat us to it? And then I'm like, I'll oh, screw it. If we're not the first, I don't care. Ah, so I there, see. there was at least right. a little bit of you know juice by being the first person to sell a you know a podcast episode, but I didn't mm-hmm. care enough to put in the effort to be first. So that's why now I, now I'm stuck with this. Uh, this now you're stuck with you. spam emails for the next five years. Once again, yeah. right? Great. Procrastination rears its ugly head once again. That's why I just I don't wait anymore. If it's got to get done, it's got to get done now. Let's go. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. funny. It, I just thought it was a funny breach, as it were. It is. I did. And yeah, all of that. I didn't even get an ape out of it. <laughs> I thought we would uh, close things out this week with uh, my favorite segment, which is uh, Things Dave Likes. Right. We, we should have a musical sting for this segment, oh, don't I you think? I'll work on it for next time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking kind of game show I don't know what it would be, but – Right, exactly. Exactly. Actually, I'm going to go through these in reverse order from the way I have them here in the in our rundown here because I think the we'll save the best for last. Uh, so these are things I've been using in my day-to-day life, things I have purchased that I have found useful and I think worth sharing. Uh, the first one is I bought this little audio amplifier. It is a Fosse Audio BT20A Bluetooth stereo audio two-channel amplifier receiver, Class D integrated amp. So this is a little tiny amplifier. Basically, um, I needed a way to power some speakers on my deck. And previously, I had been running the speaker cables into my house, into a receiver that was inside the house. And I thought, well, this is dumb. I should just be able to do this through Bluetooth so that you can access it from your phone or whatever. In the end, we ended up using an old um, iPad that wasn't being used for anything else. And now that is our outdoor deck music server through Apple Music. But uh, this little amplifier is, I don't know, under 100 bucks, I think. Um, it's a hundred watts per channel, uh, into four ohms. So it's really 50 watts per channel into eight ohms, which is more common, but still this little thing's about the size of two packs of cards and it has some punch. Mm -hmm. I am very impressed with it so far. It basically does one thing, just receives your Bluetooth audio and sends it out to a pair of speakers. But for the price, for what it does, for the size, uh, I'm impressed so far. This is one of those little electronic gadgets that uh, somebody put together, and uh, I like it. Dare I say, this is 100%. Uh, not only does it look like, but it is the type of sort of thing that you one would go to Radio Shack for back in the day. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I could imagine this being a Heath kit back yes. in the day. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So my second thing on the list here is... Um, uh, so let me describe the problem that I had. Uh, you needed a muff. I have a pair of s- – <laughs> oh, don't we all? Those of us who grew up in the 70s. Um, so uh, I have a pair of Sony noise-canceling headphones. They are very nice. Um, and on Sunday mornings, I go for a walk around my neighborhood. And while I'm out on that walk, I have a phone call with my best friend and we keep – 
we've we've we have a weekly appointment to have a phone call. We talk for about an hour, and it's just a way for us to keep up. Uh, and we've done this throughout COVID. The problem has been that my Sony headphones, the built-in microphones on them, you know, there's like two little tiny holes on each uh, each ear piece, each can on on either side. And there is virtually no windscreen on those. So anything resembling a slight breeze ends up sounding like a hurricane to the person that I'm talking to. And I thought to myself, if I'm thinking about a solution to this, it must exist. So sure enough, I went to Amazon and I found these little tiny wind muff stick-on things that you can get. It's it's two pieces. There's a little little O-shaped piece of adhesive. And you stick that over the little tiny hole and then there's this little tiny furry little muff like the, you know, the dead cat on a stick from shotgun mics, but a little tiny one. And then you stick that over it and sure enough, it gets rid of the wind noise. All right. Dead kittens for the win. Now, the downside is, is that now my headphones look like they have a big pair of like hairy moles popping out the sides of them. Um, but uh, lucky for me, I am at the age where I no longer care about looking cool. So <laughs> I can walk around with my headphones having big hairy moles growing out of the sides. And the functionality and comfort is more important than uh, fashion at this point in my life. Getting old is awesome. It really you just is. Don't it care. Really just, I mean, you, no, you just, it just, you just loosens up and you can just <laughs> be your authentic self. Um, and then last but not least, uh, I have to admit that uh, I love to have my back scratched. I don't know about you guys, but it's very soothing to me. It's one of the most soothing things in the world. Um, and uh, however, sometimes my dear wife is not around to scratch my back. She's very patient and and uh, is willing to do so when asked. But sometimes if I'm somewhere else, I'm at work or she's not around and I have an itchy back and I have to scratch my back. So I found this back scratcher on Amazon, and what makes this back scratcher special is that the part that scratches your back is made out of buffalo horn. Hmm. Now, buffalo horn is made out of keratin, which is the same thing that your fingernails are Mm -hmm. made out of. So this back scratcher feels like fingernails, which I have to say is pretty darn delightful. So you're saying <laughs> now, that this feels better than the $45 Minnie Mouse one that when we get at Disneyland, when one has placed their order to be in Disneyland six months from now. It okay. does. I will also say that it feels better than the 99-cent one that I got last time I was at South of the Border. Okay. Uh, <laughs> right? All the, the tourist trap ones that, that uh, you have as well. My favorite part of this Amazon listing is that uh, someone in the Q&A part, someone says, um, where is the buffalo horn sourced from? And the answer is, it is sourced from a buffalo. <laughs> An organic <laughs> buffalo or... Uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So... And locally sourced uh... <laughs> buffalo. Uh, what are we talking about here? Right. Free range buffalo. Vegan buffalo. buffalo. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Organic, vegan. And, Antibody-free buffalo horn, yes, for scratching your back. So I find it disturbing in this this Amazon listing that the 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 muscular gentleman that they have uh, demoing said back scratcher. They really should have shaved his back. Well, he's really also, disconcerting. He, he, they shot this these product shots before the back shaver product shots were the, oh, okay. the model for them. <laughs> right, right. Right. Order of operations. Yeah. They really should have <laughs> the, the daily those, rundown. Yeah. They should have done that one first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. 
So uh, just a few things that I've found that are making my life a little easier. So check those out. Hopefully some of our listeners will find them useful as well. Boop. All right, guys. I got to okay. run. I'll see you next time. See you next time. Closing shout outs. Over at Patreon, we've got Joel and Mark. Welcome, guys. Thank you so much. Over at PayPal, we've got Thomas, Charlie, Robert, Matt, Jonathan, Matthew, Nicola, Judge, Melissa, Simon, Nikolai, and Thomas. Thank you. And over at our tip jar, we've got Ashley, Adam, Ann, Alden, and a screw up the A-game, Mario. Way to go, Mario. It's always Mario. Goddamn Mario. Thanks, everybody, for your cash. We yes. really appreciate it, and it keeps us going. Thank you all very much. And uh, just another reminder, we are off next week, so don't complain when there's no show and it's late because it's supposed to be late because we're off. Enjoy your summer. Yes, Brian, Brian is coming to the States I for a quote-unquote vacation. <laughs> yeah. I, said, I leave the country for a little while and everything goes nuts. I'm coming to fix everything, Jason. Uh, please do. Please do. You got your, you got your work cut out for you. Mm -hmm. Until next time, I'm Jason DeFilippo. And I'm Brian Schillmeister. Thanks for listening to Grumpy Old Geeks. If you enjoy the show, visit GOG.show slash donate to help us keep the lights on and we'll love you forever. You can also help us out by sharing the show with your friends and enemies. It's easy and absolutely free. Show notes for this episode are at GOG.show slash 560. And there you can find links to everything we talked about in this episode, as well as links to our swag and Discord channel if you want to buy some stuff or chat with us and other show fans. You can also head over to GOG.show slash contact and send us your feedback or questions so that we can read on the air. And if you're so inclined, please head over to GOG.show slash review and toss us a snarky review and preferably five stars. Stay grumpy. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.